Good morning again, church. Well, I can picture all of you huddled around your computers and your devices and your TVs. Uh, We've given you some ideas online and through the weeks on how you can get creative with this. Hook everything up to your sound system, your TV, go big screen, uh, sit in your living room uh, and watch this. But I can picture you all huddled there. Hello, my name's Tony Baker. If you're new with us, I'm the lead pastor here at Gateway. Uh, Today we're finishing up a series called The Bad Boys of Easter. Uh, Some of you maybe have seen the motorcycles. up. We had all kinds of things planned during the series, but, uh, you know, unfortunately... COVID uh, changed those things. We pivoted and, and we're doing some different things. But this has been about the bad boys of Easter. And today we're going to finish up this series. Uh, next week is Easter, where we kick off a whole new series uh, on Easter uh, called uh, the Easter Challenge, which is a five-week series. Next week we'll be looking at the evidence of Easter, uh, the evidence of the resurrection. and that. But today I want to get into... Uh, the final week, the f- week four of this four-part series. If you want to catch the rest of it, you can go out to angolagateway.com. Uh, it's all on there. The video isn't on our website, but you can listen to the audio uh, and pick up those messages there. Well, let me start by saying that nobody likes to see the bad guy go free. I mean, that's just the way that it is. Nobody likes to see the bad guy go free. My wife and I, we love to watch... Uh, we don't watch a lot of TV together, but when we do, uh, we typically grab Netflix or CBS Access or some other form of app or something like that, um, and we grab one of the Criminal Justice series, and we watch the seasons on those. We started with probably our favorite of all time, uh, where we've seen all like 17 seasons of NCIS, and we love NCIS. We have even go back and watch some of the older ones and watch those. Uh, we love the criminal uh, justice ones. We've also watched Criminal Minds. Uh, my kids got me into that, and I really got fascinated with that, where the, you know, the FBI are going out and looking for these serial killers. Now, my wife... Yeah, she's she's too tenderhearted, and uh, you know this the 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 crimes on those are just a little bit too serious for her. She didn't like Criminal Minds, but now we've settled into a new one, and we're like on season three of Hawaii Five O. You know, we I remember watching Hawaii Five O when I was a kid, and I remember it came out, and I kind of have this thing like, ah, if they redo anything, it's not going to be as good, but. You know, so, you know, a while back, we, we just were looking for something new to watch, and we liked the criminal thing. So we got into Hawaii Five-0. So we're like in season three of Hawaii Five-0. But whether it's NCIS, whether it's Criminal Minds, whether it's Hawaii Five-0, or some other criminal justice TV show or series, here's basically how every episode goes. A criminal, a bad guy. Now, I'm going to say a bad guy, and I want you to know guy is inclusive. I'm not going to say bad person. I'm going to say a bad guy because that's, that's, you know, that's kind of how we, we talk. But the guy doesn't refer to the male gender. A guy is everyone. I'm using that inclusively. The bad guy, whether it's a man or a woman, commits a crime. And it's always at the beginning. And it's always right, you know, when you see the murder or you hear about it or, or a bank robbery or some other thing that happens, the, the criminal will, cre- will, will commit the crime. In swoops the good guys, and they investigate, and they chase down the criminal, and they find the criminal, and you know that, you know, you're always trying to guess who it is. Oh, it's them, or it's them, or it's them. And finally they nail down the criminal, and they catch him, 
or her. And then there is the justice. Justice is served. And you kind of have to have that because there's something in us in our storytelling. There's something in us. We like to see the bad guy get what he deserves because nobody likes to see the bad guy go free. It just does something in us. It stirs up something in us. We love it because we get to see justice served. And there's something ingrained in us from the image of God, I believe, that we like justice. We like justice and hate injustice. The bad guy gets what is coming to them. But there's also something inside of us that really, really gets disturbed when the bad guy goes free. Occasionally on these shows, a bad guy will go free. Now, my wife and I, I said earlier, are into this Hawaii 5-0. In season one, right out of the start, there was a bad guy who appeared, and a very bad guy, an international criminal named Wofat. And we kind of thought that you were going to catch this guy and he was going to be caught and justice would be served and this guy would get what he deserves. But we are now into season three and this guy is still on the loose. And he's out there and everybody's living in fear and everybody's afraid of Wofat. And there's something in us. My wife and I will be sitting on the couch and the episode will end and he'll get away and we'll go, oh, And there's just something in us. Nobody likes to see the bad guy go free. You know, every generation has those, where were you when? You know what I'm talking about? Some of you will remember this. If I ask you, where were you when JFK got shot? Some of you will remember this one. Where were you when you heard that we landed on the moon? Or did we? No, yes, we did. I believe that we did. Where were you when JFK got shot? Where were you when we landed on the moon? Where were you when 9-11 happened? I remember that. I remember it as clear as today, almost 20 years ago. I remember sitting there at work in the basement of Archer Daniels Wheeling Company, and I remember hearing the buzz, and all of a sudden the whole company ran to the TVs, and I remember where I was. I remember what I thought of. I remember thinking my family. I remember leaving work early and going home. I remember where I was. Where were you when 9-11 happened? And now, all of us that are watching, where were you when the COVID-19 pandemic hit in 2020? We all have these where were you when moments. But in the context of bad guys getting away free, let me ask you this. Where were you when O.J. Simpson went free. Some of you remember that. I was riding a car yesterday with my, my youngest daughter, who's 15, and, and I, I was kind of going through the sermon with her, talking to her about it, what I was going to talk about today, and, and she immediately said, who's O.J. Simpson? <laughs> and then I said to her, I said, first it made me feel really old, and then I said to her, you know, the guy who, who killed his, his ex and her boyfriend, and got away. Oh, yeah, I remember. She didn't remember the name O.J. Simpson, but she remembered the story. And I got a feeling she remembered that because she's heard somebody talk about that. She's heard somebody mention this, op- this thing that happened in our culture. You know, he. where were you when that jury said, not 
guilty. I mean, the world knew that he did. I mean, all the evidence said that he did it. Everybody in the world believed he did it except that jury. He had the most expensive and the slickest attorneys and they got him off of that and there was something in the world that just kind of stirred up because it seemed as though an injustice had happened we all knew he did it and yet he got away nobody likes to see the bad guy go free unless it's me see how i added that on there nobody likes to see the bad guy go free Unless it's me. Well, today we're going to talk about a character who was a criminal, a murderer, a revolutionary, a a political figure, a a social figure, a well-known man in Jesus' day who was guilty, 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 who deserved everything that he was about to get. And yet he went free. And he went free. Today we're going to talk about this man named Barabbas. Barabbas is a name that you only really you only hear in the gospel stories of Jesus' death and crucifixion. His crucifixion, his death, his burial, and that story, in that part of the gospel, you'll hear his name Barabbas. But he's a very important figure, especially to the gospel writer of Luke. So let me give you a little bit of background before I get too much into the text today. Luke is very, very careful. And and I want you to know this. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. If you have your Bibles, you can open up. There on uh, on your screen, on your online church, there's a tab that says Scripture or Bible. You can tab on that, click on that, open up, navigate to Luke chapter 23. We're going to be in Luke chapter 23 for the whole time. But I want to give you a little background. Luke tells his part of the story Now, Barabbas is mentioned in all the Gospels, but Luke gives this this, this story, this narrative that's very, very important to us. The narrative of Jesus' last days, the narrative of Jesus' being caught by the, the leaders and led out to be crucified. He wants us, Luke, Luke wants us to see clearly something that is very, very important to you and me. It's very, very important that you see yourself in this story, that we see ourselves in this story, that we see Jesus and identify with him as well as Barabbas. And so Luke does something that's very, very important for us. One of those messages that he wants us to see is found in the character of Barabbas. So Jesus has been arrested, and here's the background Jesus has his last supper with his disciples. He goes out into the garden. Jesus is now being arrested. Judas walks into the garden with all of the leaders and uh, with some of the leaders of the, uh, the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and the, the soldiers there the, of, of the, the temple guard. And they walk up to and Judas plants that kiss of betrayal on Jesus' cheek. And Jesus is arrested. He's led into the Sanhedrin, which is kind of this governing body. Um, They all begin to mock him. They begin to challenge him. They bring out false witnesses. And it's there in that mock trial in the middle of the night that Caiaphas, our first bad boy of Easter, steps up to the plate and he says this, It is better 
for one man to die, then the whole nation perish. And so Caiaphas just decides right there for everybody that Jesus must die. Now begins the fun part. Because they have a problem. They do not have the authority to kill him. They do not have the authority to put him to death. So they devise a plan. We'll take him to Pilate. Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. And we'll take him to this governor and we will tell them that it's not about the religious thing because Pilate doesn't care about the Jews' religion. But we want to make this story up that Jesus is leading an insurrection that he calls himself the king of the Jews, which is a threat to Pilate as well as the emperor of Rome. And they make this story up and so they take Jesus to Pilate thinking we're going to tell him that Jesus is this rebel without a, with a cause and, and he's this, 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 this rebel who's murdering people and he's going to overthrow Rome and all of this. And so they take Jesus to Pilate. But Pilate, after questioning him and asking a lot of questions of Jesus and being with Jesus personally one-on-one for a period of time, Pilate is having trouble Deciding whether Jesus needs to die or not. And so Pilate, instead of making that decision, decides, well, he's really a Jew, and if he's calling himself a king, it's no, nothing against us, Rome. I don't see anything, no reason to kill him, so let's send him to Herod. King Herod. You know King Herod, the one who just had John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin and friend, put to death by beheading So he sends Jesus, and and the the temple guards and some of the leaders take Jesus now to Herod. And Herod's excited to see him. He says, I've always been wanting to meet you. You're a famous dude. But then they start to mock him. And they start to make fun of him. And they start to accuse him of things that just aren't true. And even Herod, get this, first Pilate can't decide whether to kill him or not. Herod now can't decide whether to kill him. He's afraid to kill him of what the people might do. And so Herod passes it back to Pilate. And Jesus is getting passed around. And here's why. Because he's an innocent man. They can't find any fault in him. They can't decide what to do with him. These leaders are making all these claims, but when they interview Jesus and they, they, they spend time with Jesus, they don't see anything but a man who is full of love, who preached love. He said, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, love your neighbor as yourself, pray for your enemies. And so Pilate and Herod have a hard time killing him. And so they dress him up, they mock him, And then they send him back to Pilate. And that's where we're starting our scripture today. Verse 20, chapter 23, verse 13. Follow along with me, if you will. Pilate called together. This is now Jesus went from Pilate to Herod. Now he's back to Pilate. So Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people. And he said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. Listen, 
I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. And as you can see, he, Jesus, has done nothing to deserve death. Luke wants you and me to see this very important truth. This very life-changing truth that Jesus is an innocent man. He's innocent. He did nothing wrong. Herod could not find anything wrong with him. Pilate could not find anything wrong with him. Three times Pilate argues with the leaders that Jesus was innocent. All throughout this chapter, look at verse 15. He says this, and he has done nothing to deserve death. Verse 20, Pilate appeals to them again. Now, this is Pilate, the Roman governor, who's appealing to his enemy, the Jews, to not put this man to death. The next next one, verse 21, he says through 22, I'm jumping ahead. He says, but they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time, listen, for the third time, Pilate spoke to them. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found him in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished. I'm going to punish him. I'll whip him, but I'm going to release him back into the population. Luke is using Pontius Pilate in this story, in this narrative. Because he wants us to see that even Pilate thinks he's innocent. Think about this. Pilate, Pontius Pilate, hated the Jewish people. Pontius Pilate hated being the governor of Palestine. He hated the territory. He hated being there. From reading of the history of Jesus and Pontius Pilate, we learn that to be the governor of this area of the world was actually a demotion. Pilate had upset someone higher than him. Pilate had screwed up royally in some other part of the world. Pilate was given this assignment and he hated it. And he hated the people. He hated the culture. He hated being there. And any chance Pilate got, Pilate would use the Jewish people as an example. He was not afraid to crucify the Jews. He was not afraid to punish the Jews and whip them and beat them and crucify them. As a matter of fact, he did it regularly. Think about this. Pilate now has been given a Jewish leader on a silver platter. And not even Pilate could bring himself to crucify him. He was innocent. Jesus is an innocent man. Six times, six times in this chapter, Luke declares the innocence of Jesus. Three times with Pilate. In verse 41, later from the cross, we hear the thief say these words, We are receiving the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. 
in verse 47, even a Roman centurion standing at the foot of the cross when Jesus finally dies, he says, surely, certainly, this man was innocent. Luke wants us to see that today, that Jesus was innocent. And why is this so important? Why is it so critical for us and for Luke to see us to see that Jesus's innocence was a priority because Luke's telling us a story. Luke is taking us on a journey into the truth of God's grace. Luke is taking us into this journey into the heart of God, the person of God, who God is, how much God loves us, how much mercy and grace is full. God's heart is full of mercy and grace. Luke is taking us somewhere. Well, let's get back to Pilate and the chief priests and Jesus and the other leaders for a moment. Verse 18. I'm going back to 18 now. With one voice, they, the leaders, the Jewish leaders, cried out. Listen. Away with this man. Can I say this? Away with this innocent man. (laughs) No, they didn't say that. Away with this guilty man. That's what they thought. Away with him. Listen. Release Barabbas to us. Verse 19. Barabbas, Luke tells us, had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city for a murder. So he had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Now we don't know a lot about Jesus Barabbas. And you see what I said there? Jesus Barabbas. His name was Jesus Barabbas. Savior of the house of God. He was Jesus Barabbas. It's funny, we're talking about a choice between two Jesuses here. We don't know a lot about him, but we do know this from Luke's account that Barabbas was a guilty man. Jesus was an innocent man and Barabbas was a guilty man. Matthew called him a notorious prisoner. Mark tells us that he was with the rebels in prison. Those who committed murder in the insurrection. This was a revolt, an uprising. Apparently Barabbas had led this revolt and was caught. They were trying to overthrow the Romans through force and through power by the sword. And they were caught and thrown into prison. In the middle of that revolt, people lost their lives. But here's the irony Jesus the innocent, now get this, Jesus the innocent is being accused of the very thing that Barabbas is in prison for actually doing. Jesus did nothing wrong. And he is being accused by the leaders and asked to be crucified instead of the man who's sitting in prison for doing the very thing that they're accusing Jesus of doing. Jesus was innocent. Barabbas was guilty. It's hard for me to have included Barabbas in the bad boys of Easter. Because I don't necessarily look to Barabbas like I look, look at Barabbas like I look at Judas. Judas... You know, Barabbas is not Judas. He didn't betray Jesus with a kiss. 
He's no Caiaphas. He's not making up stories. He's not, tr- he's not asking that they kill Jesus instead of someone else. He's no mocking criminal from a cross making fun of Jesus. Mocking him in his suffering. Judas wasn't a common criminal. He wasn't just a petty thief or a murderer. He wasn't robbing people. Judas was no serial killer. No, Judas was a defender of the people. Judas was a fighter, a freedom fighter. He wasn't a murderous bandit. Judas was a political hero, a revolutionary figure to the people. Judas felt that his cause was just, that he could overthrow the Romans and and force the hand of God, force the kingdom of God through force and power and sword. I don't necessarily look to Judas as being a bad man, a misguided man. But Jesus was innocent, and Judas really was guilty of murder. You might say Barabbas was everything that the people had hoped Jesus would have been. This is Palm Sunday. This is the day that we celebrate that Jesus, just a week earlier from this, comes into the city and the people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Glory to God. They were throwing palm branches down. They were worshiping Jesus. They wanted him to be the king. And he preached love and forgiveness. Loving your enemy. Praying for your enemy. Treating the other person as you would treat yourself in spite of the other person. You might say Barabbas was everything that the people had hoped Jesus would have been. Verse 23. But with a loud shout, they insistently demanded that he be crucified. And their shouts prevailed. And you know the rest of the story. They took Jesus. They scourged his body to the point of death put a cross on his shoulders, led him out to the city, out just outside the city, to the place called Golgotha, and they crucified him there. And he died. He died. You might say there's two Jesuses in this story, Jesus Barabbas and Jesus of Nazareth. And the people then had a choice. The people then chose Jesus Barabbas over Jesus of Nazareth. Luke wants us to see ourselves in this story. That Jesus is perfectly innocent of all things. Sinless. And we need to see ourselves in the Barabbas of the story. That we are guilty. We have broken the law we have done wrong we have committed sin and we are due the just punishment of that sin and we have a choice between two jesus's luke wants us to see for ourselves that jesus was the savior of all but barabbas is the example 
of all. I might not be a revolutionary leader. I might not be a murderer. I've not killed anyone in my life accidentally or on purpose. Thank God. But Barabbas' sin is all of our sin. The crowd that day chose Barabbas. And we too choose Barabbas. Why? Because I am Barabbas. I am Barabbas. None of us are innocent. None of us are without guilt. None of us are without shame. None of us are without regret. None of us have kept up the law of God, so to say. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Jesus didn't. Barabbas did. Jesus was innocent. Barabbas was guilty. Jesus is innocent. I am guilty. Nobody likes to see the bad guy go free unless it's me. We choose Barabbas because we identify with Barabbas. They chose Barabbas because they wanted a Barabbas. He was most like them. I haven't killed anyone, like I said, but I've hated people in my life. I've wished ill on people in my life. I've hoped bad things on people in my life. I've not loved others as I should. I've not started a revolution, but I can understand the desire to want to force God's hand. I can understand the desire to force and control a situation to lean on my own understanding instead of trusting God. All of us are lawbreakers. All of us have broken the law of God. And you say, well, what's the law of God? We are asked to, we were created to love God with our whole heart, with our whole mind, with our whole soul. And yet we have idols that take the place of God in our life. We're guilty. We're supposed to love God with our whole heart and we give Him half or less. We're not sold out. We're not all out. We're not all in. And other things take the place of our relationship with God. The law also says that the other command is is equal to that one. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I know we've all broke that one. We've all broke that one. We make excuses. We lie to ourselves and we lie to others. We justify our actions. The truth is, the truth is, listen to me today, our sin is just as violent. Our sin can be just as violent to our relationships and to our world as as Barabbas was to the Roman soldiers in that insurrection. Sin kills. Relationships, marriages, friendships have been crushed because of sin. Lives have been wounded and scarred because of sin. Simply because we put ourselves first and God and others last. We're guilty. We're guilty of that. Jesus loved unconditionally. His heart was full, even from the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. 
sin kills. And the sentence of death, of sin, is death. Luke wants us to see today that in this story, there is Jesus the innocent, there is Barabbas the guilty, but there's also this horrific but yet holy substitution that happens. Something happens in that moment when Jesus is handed over and Barabbas is released. It's a picture of this incredible mercy and grace of God that God substitutes His own Son for the guilty. The innocent dies and the guilty goes free. Jesus is that substitution. And we have also been released because the sin that Jesus took upon Himself on that cross was our sin. And we have been released, set free because of what Jesus has done for us. This is the incredible story of the gospel. This is the good news. This is the truth of all. You know, in a moment, Dan's going to come and sing this song and and the praise team is going to sing the song called "The, The Cross Has the Final Word. It is the death of Jesus that finally puts to death sin in us because there's a substitution that happens. Instead of me dying for my sins, Jesus dies in my place. Just like he died for Barabbas. And he was freed. So the real question today is not have you been freed? The real question today is what will you do with your freedom? What will you do with it? Will you simply go back? Will you simply continue on the path that you're on or go back to your rebellious ways? Will you continue to put God and others last and yourself first? No. When we see this incredible thing that Jesus has done for us, it inspires us to follow Him, to be like Him, to be changed from the heart out, to be renewed from the inside out, to begin to love God with my whole heart and to begin to love others as myself. You ever wonder what Barabbas did when he was freed? I do. I wonder if he went back to insurrections. I wonder if he went back to uprisings. Or if I wonder if he felt the incredible gratitude that he should have that Jesus took his place and he was released read in Luke how much Luke uses that word released to be freed to be let go I wonder sometimes what Barabbas did I hope Barabbas became a Jesus follower that he sensed how awesome the love and mercy of this man was and that he could follow him as an example. We'll never know. But your story's not finished. You can join in this story and be a part of the story of Jesus dying in my place. I am Barabbas and I'm free. Jesus died 
so we can live. Jesus died so we can live. I don't know where you're at this morning. Our worship team's going to come and lead us in this song. If you want to pray today, you can pray right where you're at. If you want us to pray for you, our host is going to put up a salvation slide and you can click on that and you can actually just say, hey, I want to know more about following Jesus. I want to know more about this substitution. I want to know more about an innocent man who's died for a guilty people. And I want to be a part of that story. I want to be free, released this morning. You can click on that, fill out the form, get with us. We'll reach back out to you. God bless. Worship this morning as they sing.